We are in a battle. Amen. We, we, we have at salvation, we entered into an age old war. This battle has been going on for a long, long time. All right. This battle have been waged against heaven a long time ago. You and I, when we got saved, we entered into the battle. Um, Spiritual warfare is real. Let me believe that. Let me believe that spiritual warfare is real. Now, what has happened throughout the years, what I've seen is that people have uh, churches and ministries and things like that. They have distorted you know, if Satan wanted to win the battle, what would he do? He would go about giving the wrong information so that we can be fighting with the wrong weapons. That's where I'm going with this. And so what I want to say to you tonight is that, and I'm going to say some things tonight that you probably may not agree with or some things that you may be doing that, uh, you're like, well, I've been believing this my whole life. What we've done is we have spiritualized, in a sense, spiritual warfare. And and listen to what I'm saying by spiritualizing it. Spiritualizing it to the point where it becomes an obsession. Amen. There's a word for it in, in, in the theological land. It's called annihilism. And that word simply means what we do is we become so infatuated with spiritual warfare that that's all we talk about. We talk about it, but we're not winning. Are you with me? We, 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 and then because we become so, so caught up in spiritualizing it, um, we're not even exercising any of the strategies that's laid out in scripture. So for instance, you go home and you put oil all over your doors. Oh Lord. You done anointed everything in the house and the devil still came in. Come on, say amen now. Y'all, y'all, if y'all see what I see right now, amen. So that's what the enemy does. He wants you to spiritualize it and do and think that the battle is done in the physical. You could put all on a whole bunch of things and it'll stay the same. Amen. Because the battle is not won in the flesh. Are you with me? So I'm going to give you a definition of spiritual warfare here in a minute, but 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 I want to tell you there's something that you need to know and you need to know that the spiritual battle is real. But it's something you cannot see. Everything that you see in the physical, it has been manifested first, has been started first in the spiritual. For instance, you see a person go crazy, they act out. That began in the spiritual realm. It didn't begin in the physical realm. 
Are you with me? A lot of what you see happening in the physical is just a manifestation of what had already began in the what? In the spiritual. Here's where I'm going with this. The devil wants you to believe that your battle is with people. That's the first thing that he wants you to do. He wants you to believe that, hey, you know what? It's my boss. It's my teacher. It's my mama. It's my daddy. It's this person. It's that person. And what we do is we try, for instance, anger, for instance. Let's take anger for men's, right? People go to anger management. You can't manage something that started in the spiritual. Anger cannot be managed. You have to get rid of anger. The Bible says that be angry, but do not sin. See, so anger is not a bad thing. It's a good thing. But here's the thing. What the enemy wants us to believe is that the fight is with people. So my definition of spiritual warfare is this. Spiritual warfare is what you see in the physical. Watch this. There's a direct link to the spiritual. So, so in other words, everything related to the flesh and what you see manifested has started back in the spiritual world. How many believe that there's a spiritual world out here? Amen. Now, what is stomp? My, 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 my goal tonight is not to get through this. So, uh, we're going to talk about what is spiritual warfare. What is the, What is Satan's aim and strategy? How many believe that? How many know that Satan has a strategy? How many know he's a strategist? All right, better believe he's a strategist. Right, but here's the thing. Here's what I believe. I believe some of us don't even know our enemy. We think our enemy is right next to us, or we may think our enemy is somebody you know, that's been messing with us or whatever the case may be. But I want you to know this and I'll share this with you on, on Sunday. Our battle is not with people. The moment that you make your fight about the person next to you or the person that agitates you, Satan has won. Open your Bibles real quick. Yep. We're going to the Bible. That's where we go. Amen. I want you to go to First um, John chapter. Um, let's go to chapter um, five. First John, not John, but First John. You got first, second, and third John. First John chapter five, and let's look at let's look at verse four, and look what it says there. It says, "Watch this now." How many of you are born again? Saved. Let me see all the saved people in the house. All right. You're born again. All right. Born again, people. Let me, let me prove it. Let me see if you're really born again. He says, whatever is born of who? Does what? When was the last time you overcame the world? Truly. But you're born again. Here's what I believe. I believe that born again believers don't know what they really have. I believe born again believers, if they understand what they have, that they, number one, that you are positionally overcomers. Positionally. 
Now, I want to give you all the shouting victory points here, but you got to understand something. If you're not utilizing what you have, you and I will never be victorious in this battle. Watch this. This armor, this man here, this man is dressed for battle. Amen. As a visible illustration of what Ephesians 6 talks about. That we got to get dressed for the battle. But here's the thing. If you don't even believe that you're an overcomer, what what is the greatest enemy to the believer? You ready? The world, the flesh, and Satan. You got it? The world, the flesh, and who? Satan. Watch this. Whatever is born of God overcomes the what? The world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. What? What is it? Our what? Our faith. See, so not only do we overcome, but we overcome by our faith. Faith is what? Faith is believing that what God says is true is true. Faith is believing that what you read in the word of God is true and you have no doubt about it. That's what faith. Faith is also acting on what is true. So if he says I'm an overcomer, then I'm an overcomer. I've seen Christians walk around defeated, but what it is, is you have a demonic spirit that's assigned to you. Okay, devils and demons, and they are assigned to you. And here's what the devil knows. The devil knows what you like the most. He set traps for you. And he knows exactly where you're going to fall. But watch this. He says, who is the one who overcomes the world? What does he say in verse 5? Who is the one who what? overcomes the world but he who does what starting point saints you and I cannot win the spiritual battle Satan number one wants you to think that he does not exist Flip Wilson lied the devil didn't make me do it amen and not only that but the devil does exist he does exist he is a created being As a matter of fact, he was an angel and still is, but now he's a fallen angel. God created him perfect to bring him glory. And when God created him, he looked at himself in the mirror and he said, man, I look good. And then he said, you know what? I want to be like God. God made him, but then what God saw in him was pride. Then he thought that he could go up against God. So here's what he did. I'm cutting through the grass. Watch this. Watch this. He thought that he could take God's job. So he decided that he would go up against God. Now, the reason why I want you to know the nature of your enemy, because you know, I know how to fight him. Listen, the Bible doesn't tell you to run from Satan. It tells you to resist Satan. The other thing the Bible doesn't tell you Bible doesn't tell you to rebuke Satan. Many people, I, say, I rebuke Satan. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. You can keep rebuking him all you want. He's not going anywhere. 
But if you resist him, and I'll tell you what that is. If you don't, if you're not dressed, if you don't have your feet shoved with the preparation of the gospel, you can't stand on anything. So that's why Satan always pushes us out of position because we're not developing our Christian life. We're talking Christianity, but we're not living Christianity. Y'all with me? See, what Satan wants to do, he wants you to remain the same. He doesn't want you to change as a believer. He doesn't want you to be stronger spiritually. He wants you to focus more on prosperity. Come on, somebody. He wants you to focus on health. He wants to fo- wants you to focus on success. He wants you to focus on positive thinking. He wants you, and all those things have its place, but that's where he's really defeating us because he has convinced some of us that he's not real. A lot of times, the stuff you feel is satanic. Can I tell you that? It's satanic. But watch this. He wants you to believe that the fight is with your neighbor. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Watch what he says. He says, he who is, he who, he who, he, I'm sorry, who is the one who overcomes the world? And that's really primarily what we need to do. We need to understand that we need to overcome the world. Watch this. You ready? What do I mean by overcoming the world? Here's what I mean. The world comes at your house every single day. The world is at your doorsteps delivering packages. The world is right in your pocket. You're supposed to be paying attention in church. You on Instagram. Come on, help me now. You understand what I'm saying? The world is always trying to invade your space. But guess what? Why is the world overpowering us? And we're not overpowering the world. He says right here. He says, watch this. The one who's born of God. Verse 4. Overcomes the world. And look what he says in verse 5. Who is the one who overcomes the world then? But he who believes what? Who what? Believes he who. I'm sorry. But he who believes that Jesus is. Let me, let me help. Let me hope you right quick. Ready? I'm just starting. We're going to be going, doing this all week. Watch this. Here's the lie that Satan wants you to believe. That Jesus ain't real. Number one. Number two. That Jesus is not God. See, there's a lot of groups out here that say Jesus, but they don't really believe he's God. There's a difference. Now, if you don't believe he's God, I'm giving you basic one-on-one spiritual warfare equipment. Okay? If you're going to overcome the world, listen, you get a strong pull towards pornography. You can overcome the world. You get a strong pull towards this club. You get a strong pull towards this, that, and that, and this, and that. But you're like, why can't I give it up? Why do I feel a sense that is keep pulling me? Because maybe you don't even believe in Jesus. Now, how many believe the Bible is true? What is faith? What's the definition of faith? What is it? 
Acting on what is what? True. So faith, if faith is acting on what is true, let's look at the word. If God says that we have overcome the world, then what does that mean? Then it's true. So why do we allow, come on, help me somebody, circumstances and things and all these other things of the world to overpower us? Are we not saved? Watch this. What, 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 watch, watch this for a second. Go, go, go back it up to, uh, let's go here. Uh, go, go to chapter three. Mm-hmm. First John, same first John. Verse 2. Look what he says. Beloved. Now we are children of who? Are we children of God? And here's the thing. And it has not appeared as yet. What we will what? Tell your neighbor I'm growing. I'm developing. It ain't a. Listen. Some of us have been in this journey a long time. It has not appeared yet what you will be. But look what he says. He says, what was he say? He says, but we know that when he appears, who's the he? Jesus. We will be like who? The goal is to become more like him. In other words, here's what I'm saying. You and I have an example of what it, what it looks like. He says, because we will see him just as he is. And everyone who has this hope fixed on him purifies himself just as he is pure. Look at verse 4. Everyone who practices. See the word right there? That's a key word. See, we're all going to sin. And here's what the devil, here's what in spiritual warfare. Let me tell you what the devil does to us. We fall into sin and then he gets us to think that it's over. I mean, why? I mean, you might as well not go to church. I mean, you might as well not read your Bible. I mean, you you done living wrong now. So, you know, why why do right when you know you're weak? You know you're living wrong, right? These are all tactics of the enemy. These are strategies. But the word of God gives us hope because he says, watch this. It's not the one who sins, the one who what? Practices sins. Also practices what? Lawlessness. And sin is lawlessness. Verse 5. You know that he appeared in order to take away sins. In him, there's no sin. No one who abides in him sins and no one who sins, uh, who sins has seen him or knows him. Verse seven, little children. Here's, here's Satan's strategy. Ready? Watch this. First of all, you may want to write this down. He wants you to think that you cannot overcome the world. That you will not be overcomers. First thing he wants you to think. Second thing he wants you to think is that he does not exist. Third thing he wants you to think, because remember he's messing with your thinking, right? He wants you to think that the battle is with your spouse. 
your children, your co-worker, your pastor, your deacon in the church, or whatever the case may be. He wants you to think that, look at them. They're supposed to do this. They're supposed to do that, and they ain't doing it, and they're always doing this to me. They, that's where he wants you. But here's the other place he wants you. Wants you. He wants you to not rebound when you fall. He wants you to stay down. He wants you to continue with the practice of sin. The practice of sin. We're going to sin. But what the devil does, he wants you to keep practicing it. And you've heard the saying before, practice makes perfect. Satan is a master disguiser. He's a master deceiver. You better write some of this stuff down. The Bible declares that he disguises himself as the angel of light. In other words, he comes in the pulpit. Oh, yeah. He says, sister, I'll stop by your house and pray for you after church. Not P-R-A-Y for you. Y'all ain't trying to hear me. Yeah, let's have a prayer service. And while you're at it, why not have worship? Y'all ain't trying to hear me. Look what he says. He says, but the one who practices sin. See, the Bible's clear. Isn't it clear? Isn't it clear? What does it say? The one who practices sin is what? Of the devil. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. So you're telling me if I'm habitual, I'm of the devil? Well, that's what the scripture says. Because anything that causes you to fall away from God, watch this, it's not good for you. But check this out, check this out. He says, the one who practices sin is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from when? From the beginning. The son of God appeared for this purpose to do what? Write this down somewhere. Write this down somewhere. Really, really, I need you to write this down. Satan is defeated. Already. Now, how does he have so much power over our lives? Anybody care to tackle that? I wish I had a prize, but I don't. <laughs> Write this down. Satan only has the power over your life that you gave him. Whatever power he has, you gave it to him. Because he cannot operate without permission. When he was messing with Job, he had to ask for what? Permission. So in other words, I'm thinking like, why is my life falling apart like this? He said, well, you didn't gave me permission. That's why 
it won't stand in the court of God because you're the one that gave him access to your mind. You gave him access to your heart. You allowed him to trick you into believing that it's flesh and blood. But it ain't flesh and blood. Watch this. Watch this. Let me me, me show you. Satan resents. Told you earlier, right? What does he resent? Hearing God praised by his what? Children. Praise gets him upset. Listen, when you can praise God in the midst of what you're dealing with right now, watch this. He gets upset. He's mad. He's upset because you are continuing with your praise. That's what Philippians 4 says. Rejoice in the Lord always. Here's the other piece to the story real quick. Let me back it up real quick. This thing is acting crazy. When Satan looks at a Christian and finds them faithful to God and his word, guess what he does to you? He despises you. He despises you. Satan rejoices at weak saints. When you're weak, listen, keep missing church. Keep staying home you know what? I think about this stuff, man. We talked about the apostasy, right? The falling away from church. Listen, when, when you have a weak Christian, you have a happy devil. And that's why he sits at home and crosses his legs and smile at you because he thinks he's winning, but he's really losing. That's what the devil does. Satan's object is to worry and to what? Bother you. Yeah. Watch this. Satan also knows where you're vulnerable. Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 5, verse 3. What does it say? There it is. There it is. But Peter said... Ananias, why has Satan, let's back it up real quick. Look at verse one. It says, but a man named Ananias and his wife, Sapphira, sold a piece of property. Right? This is the beginning of the church. And kept back some of the what? Price for himself with his wife's full knowledge. In other words, they were plotting. And bringing a portion of it, he laid it at the apostles' feet. In other words, they were Christians, but they were not honest. They had allowed Satan in to the vulnerable part of them. Watch this. But they wanted to appear like they had it going on. They wanted to appear that they were spiritual. They wanted to appear that they were participating. But watch this. But Peter called them out. Peter said what? Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled, first of, all, first of all, how can Satan even fill your heart if you're saved? So were they saved? Good question, right? But here's the thing. Let's just say they were saved. 
Because I, I believe only saved people bring money to church. But there's also saved people who don't bring what they're supposed to bring in church. Remember I told you Sunday, make sure you bring the right amount. Because if you bring the wrong amount, you're lying to the Holy Spirit. Lord have mercy. Watch the text. He says, why has Satan filled your heart to what? So what it tells me is that if I give Satan permission, watch this, to access my heart, he can only get in where you let him in. Let me say, let me say this to somebody here today, okay? There ain't no such thing as a white lie. A lie is a lie. If I say, did you do it? Well, um, well, I was just not, I, didn't, I was trying to not, I was trying to save you, you know, from hurting your feelings. So you don't really tell the whole thing. You have to realize that Satan is the father of lies. And when he speaks, he can only speak a lie. Everything that Satan does is a lie. The text says, why have Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back some of the price of the land? So as you can see, he knows that their problem was they weren't really honest with God. So wherever you're vulnerable, that's where he's going to work from. And some of us, we have a lot of vulnerable points. We have a lot of points where we're weak. And watch this, he'll work overtime in those areas. Listen to this. It, Satan is like a veteran fisherman. He watches his fish. He adapts his bait to his prey and knows in what season and times the fish are most likely to bite. Go to 1 Peter chapter 5 right quick. 1 Peter chapter 5. I'm not going to tell you nothing that the scripture didn't tell me. Because without the word, it, you can't do it. Let me help you with something. Here it is. He says, be sober, what? Spirit. Watch this now. Be on the alert. Your adversary, the who? What does he do? Okay, so, so let, me, let me say this to you right now, okay? If you don't know this, Satan is not omnipresent. Okay? He's not omnipresent. Uh, he's not omniscient. Omniscient. He's not omnipotent. He's not all-powerful. He's not everywhere at the same time. He's not all-knowing. But here's the thing about Satan you need to understand. Satan is a spirit. And he doesn't need to be on this location and that location at the same time because he has what's called fallen angels. So when he went up against God, he took one third of the angels with him. Then when he lost the battle, he was cast down to earth and those angels went from being angels to being demons. They are demons now. So this is where you get the demonic realm. And let me tell you something. The demonic realm is real. 
All right. Now watch this. But what Satan does or the devil does, because he's got different names. His name is Beelzebub. His name is accuser. His name is devil, Satan, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and so what you need to understand, he operates in your life at certain levels. I'm going to deal with that on Sunday. On certain what? Levels. According to what you gave him. So can you imagine that I can say this today? That man, the reason why my finances is like this is because I let him in. How did I let him in? I gave him permission to come into my heart. I gave him permission to infiltrate my heart. Listen, as a believer, if you don't have the mind of Christ... If, if what you're thinking is negative and nasty and perverted and all this other stuff, listen, that means you're caught up in the world. But here's the thing you need to know. He, he's prowling around and he's looking. Now, the illustration here is the Eskimos. What they do to catch the wolf is they will take a double-edged sword. They will dip it in blood. They would take the skin of the animal that they sacrificed and they would put it over it and they would cover the double-edged sword. The wolf is very, very smart. Very, very smart. He prowls around, but the scent gets him. Lord have mercy. Can you imagine that Satan knows how to put your bait out there? He knows what you like. He knows what you love. He knows what draws you in. So here's what he does. He sets it up as a trap. The Eskimo is waiting for the wolf to come. And the wolf runs in thinking that he's going after another animal. What does he do? He dives in and he bites the head. And what he does, he cuts his own throat. Because it's a double-edged sword. And he bleeds out right there. Now, that's what Satan does with us. He baits us in. He prowls around like a what? Not, not as a not as a chicken. What does it say? A what kind, have you ever seen a roaring lion? A roaring lion. Let me show you what a roaring lion. Anger. Outbursts. Disagreements. Cussing. Fighting. Shooting. A roaring lion. He is not coming like, hey, how you doing? And some days he shows up like that. And then he changes. He says like a roaring lion, what? Seeking, what? Someone to devour. He wants to devour you. He wants you to be a three-piece with fries. Are you with me? He wants to take you apart. He wants to take us apart. And what he does is he comes just like this. And when he finds you vulnerable, weak, defeated, given in to a mindset that's not of God. Watch this. Uh, you're believing this and you're believing that and you're believing in the spirit world and in spiritists and all this other stuff. Witchcraft and demonic Ouija boards and wicker and, and shifting and shaking and crystallization and all this other stuff. And he draws you in. You know what, you know what else he tells you? Church is traditional. Ain't nothing in church. Young people, ain't nothing in church, man. They saying the same old thing. He died. 
Do you not know that he attacks the church? You know why he attacks the church? Because this is where you get information. But this is where you get transformation. Now, 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 before I go, watch this. He says, but resist him. What? Firm. Now, the word to resist here means to oppose. He says to set yourself against something. Here's the thing. If you fall for everything, you can't stand for nothing. And some of us, we give in to the attacks because guess what? We just fall for everything. Watch this. He knows what you like. So guess what? Here's how he's going to do it. If it's money, he's going to set you up. Oh, come work this job, $23 an hour. Yeah, but you got to work on Sundays. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Uh, Instagram. They get you, he gets you on Instagram all the time. All right? Send me $10 and I'm going to send you $50. How does that work? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Man, Satan is so slick. And watch this. And what he does is he gets you wrapped up in what you desire. Here's what you got to find out about you. What is your desire? He says, resist him firm in what? Your faith. But how much faith do you really have? You can't resist him if you have none. He didn't say resist him by rebuking him. He says build on the faith that you have. What is the definition of faith? Acting on what you believe to be true. And what is true? God's word. Watch this. He says knowing that the same experience of what? Suffering are being accomplished by what? By the brethren who are in the what? World. So what he's saying is, let me, say, let me tell you something about Satan. Satan don't leave nobody alone. So the people in the world, are, can you imagine? Can you imagine the people that, that are committed to Satan, that suffering? And we that are serving God, we're suffering? Think about that for a minute. But I already told you though, in 1 John, he says that we have overcome the what? The world. And so if we have overcame the world, then why are we defeated? Let me see if this thing is working again. I think I timed out a little bit. All right, there we go. All right, so... Go, go, go on for me. So what is spiritual warfare? Spiritual warfare, back it up. Spiritual warfare is active war waged by Satan. Active war. Active war waged by Satan along with his followers such as demons and evil principalities as they attack, toward, harass, and mislead the followers of Jesus Christ. That's what, that's, that's what spiritual warfare is. It's a war because these evil forces are vigorous, use vigorous tactics and strategies to try to stop the work of God. You know what Satan wants to do? He wants to stop this work. 
and anybody involved in it. Anybody involved in this work, guess what he's going to do? He's going to try to destroy us. Go on to the next slide for me. Go ahead. Spiritual warfare, next one after that. No, that's good. That's good. Spiritual warfare is sometimes defined as an invisible confrontation between the forces of God and the forces of the devil. The kingdom of God versus the kingdom of darkness. It is not an earthly war. It is an invisible war. Saints, I want to tell you, stop living in the flesh, believers, and start walking in the spirit. And you will start seeing certain things around you. And you're going to recognize it as not people picking on you. Not people talking about you. But you'll realize that it's straight from hell. Are you with me? Sometimes this battle will bring about circumstances that can hurt you physically. It can hurt you emotionally. It can hurt you mentally and spiritually. All right? Cut across the grass for me. Now let's go down to this right here. Go, go, go down to uh, what is Satan's aim and strategy. Go ahead. See, I ain't got enough time to do all this. I never have enough time. All right. What is Satan's aim and strategy? Let's look at some of it. Ready? All right. Number one, John 8, 44. Let's go there. I got to show you. I can't just run over it, y'all. John, just give me a few minutes, okay? Can y'all give me a few more minutes tonight? Huh? Are y'all ready to go home? Ain't nobody saying that. So I'm ready to go, man. Sure. John 8, 44. Let's go to 44. What is his aim and strategies? Number one, I know you can't see it. He is the father of lies. His nature is falsehood. You ever meet a person that all they do is lie? That's the devil. That's straight up born of the devil. Whenever a person cannot tell the truth, they are of the devil. They are born of the devil. And that's fact, Jack. John 8, 44, what does it say? Tell me, tell me what it says. Uh, watch verse 43, though. Why? Now, now let, me, let, me, let, me, let me help somebody with something. Let me help somebody with something. Whenever you have a person that can't understand the word, you need to ask them who their daddy is. Watch the text. Why do you not understand what, am I, what, what I am saying? Is it because you cannot hear my word? You are of your father who? And you want to do what? See, here's the thing. You got to ask yourself a question. Are you a weapon of God or are you a weapon of Satan? Are you a tool of God or are you a tool of Satan? Because if every time you come, you come in with something, then that means possibly that you may be a tool of the devil to discourage, to deny, and to destroy the work of God. Look what he says. He says, listen, he says, you want to do the desire of your who? Of your father. He was a murderer from when? 
the beginning and does not stand in truth because there's no truth in him. Whenever he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own what? Nature. For he's a liar and the who of lies. Can you imagine being labeled the father of lies? Can I tell you something? Satan will never tell you the truth. Never, never tell the truth. Never. No matter how you pour your heart out to this person. Come on, somebody. No matter how you try to show them, listen, I love you. They'll never tell you the truth. Because they're not born again. Trying to show you his strategy, y'all. Watch this. Watch the text. It says because there's no truth in him. Whenever he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own nature. For he's a liar and the father of lies. Verse verse 45. But because I speak the truth, you do not believe me. See? Whenever you speak truth, the devil will get in an uproar. Whenever you confront with truth, they're going to be like, Totally angry because he can't stand truth. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Therefore, his chief enemy. Okay. Guess who Satan's chief enemy is? No, truth. I'm going to say it one more time. What is Satan's chief enemy? Truth. Why? Because he opposes God's word. Genesis 3, when, 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 he, when he was dealing with, with, uh, with Eve, he said, no, nah, did God really say that? Come on now. He opposes truth. And anything that opposes truth is not of God. Anybody that gets try to get you to pull away from God, pull away from the church, pull away from reading your Bible. You can't even go in a corner and read your Bible without getting some kind of blowback. Watch this. And then not only that, watch this, but whenever they speak, they cannot Tell the truth. You say it's a lying spirit. I say it's a devil spirit. They're not born again. You know what else Satan, what else his strategy is? He wants you to, he wants to cast doubt on God's goodness. So what does he do? He destroys, tries to destroy our obedience in faith. Number four, he hinders the mission strategy. He opposes the truth reaching and converting people. He distorts and perverts effective gospel ministries. He avoids inner need for removal of external trouble. He uses the fear of death to hold men in bondage. So you got you around here thinking you're going to die all the time. The fear of death doesn't lead them to God because it leads them to get as many kicks here as possible. He wants you to be so caught up in enjoying this life that you forgot you got another life coming. What's his, what, what, is it, what, is, what is his strategy? Watch this, and I got to show you this. Go to, go, to, go to 2 Timothy 2. He causes people to stumble over bad Christian attitudes. That's why some people don't go back to church. Because they're like, man, you got to, they, 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 they ain't cool over there. 
They got a bad attitude. He gets us to stumble. But our last time I checked, it says he who's without sin cast the first stone. Second Timothy chapter two, verse twenty-four. Look what it says. All right. It says the Lord's bondservant must be what? Must not be what? Not, must not be what? So you call yourself a preacher, deacon, teacher, and all you do is fuss and fight. And you got a bad attitude. And check this out. And your bad attitude will cause somebody else to stumble. As a matter of fact, if you wasn't stronger in your faith, you'd be gone already. You know why? Because what Satan wants to do, he wants to keep us locked into bad attitudes. Being an example and still coming to church every Sunday and they ain't changing. Listen, if I come to church every week and I'm not changing, there's something wrong with me. It ain't the word. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this now. Watch this. He says, he must be kind to all. Able to teach, patient when wrong, with gentleness, correcting those who are in what? Opposition, if perhaps, watch this, God may grant them what? Repentance. So what he's talking about here is believers with bad attitudes who have fallen away from God. And maybe, just maybe, if the pastor's patient, come on somebody, if the pastor's kind, if the past is firm and fair, watch this, maybe God will bring them back. A lot of people that fall away from God, they don't realize something. Here's what they don't realize. They don't realize that, listen, there's a chance you ain't going to make it back. There's a chance that you will never come back to the place where you were. So quit flirting with the devil. Are you following me? He says that that they may come back to repentance leading to the knowledge of truth and they may come to their what? Senses and escape the sneer of the who? Having been, some of us are POWs right now. How many know some POWs? They are prisoners of war to the devil. And that's his strategy. His strategy is to keep you as a prisoner of war. But check this out about being a prisoner of Satan. As a believer. Oh my gosh. As a believer. Check this out. You are in captivity to whatever it is. Bad attitude. Bad mindset. Language. Lies. Whatever the case may be. But watch this. But your prison door is wide open. And you can't even leave. Because Satan has you in bondage. Can you imagine being in prison? The door is wide open, but you won't leave? Because you're getting three meals in a cot. Lights is paid. Water bill is paid. Food is paid. And you, the door is wide open, but you won't walk out. He says, listen. 
You got to come back to your senses. Some of us have lost our way. We've lost our senses. We've lost our mind. Because we're trapped. And here's what we're trapped in. We're trapped in demonic activities. Strongholds. You know what else he does? He blinds the minds of unbelievers. He exploits our lack of understanding of the word of God. He distorts and perverts the gospel. Here's what he does too. He avoids the inner need for removing external trouble. Amen. Now let me, let me, let me close out here by saying this. He seeks to be like God. Did you know that? Go to Isaiah chapter 14 for me. Isaiah chapter 14. My goodness, I think I'm. Isaiah chapter 14 real quick. Verse 13. I'm, 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 I'm real about this, y'all. I'm, I'm, I want you to get this. Because I got to help somebody tonight to let you know that the battle is not with people. It's not a personality fight. It's not a people fight. It's a demonic fight. Look at this here. Verse 12. How, how you have fallen from heaven, O star of the morning, son of the dawn. Do you know that Satan's glory was so bright in heaven that he lit up the sky? How do you go from lighting up the sky now you you the prince of darkness? See, look. This is this is right here. This is him. This this is his this is repertoire. This is his resume. Watch this. You've been cut down to earth, and you have what? You who have weakened the nations. But you said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven. I will rise to my throne above the stars of God. And I will sit on the Mount of Assembly in the recesses of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will make myself like who? Verse 15. Nevertheless, you will be what? Thrust down to where? Sheol. Hell. He is known by name of Satan, Lucifer, Beelzebub, the devil, ancient serpent, dragon, and the evil one. He's a murderer and a liar. He's a thief. He steals, he kills, and he destroys. Come on, help me somebody. Satan cannot separate the true believer from the love of God. You got to remember that. No matter what he tries. He cannot keep God's grace from being extended to you. Go to 2 Corinthians 9. 2 Corinthians 9. I'm, I'm, I'm wrapping it up. I, I hear you. 2 Corinthians 9 and 8. What does it say there? And the God is what? To do what? So that always having what? In what? You may have what? Now, what he's talking about here contextually is you having enough money 
to be a blessing to the kingdom. But you never run out. The grace that God, where, where, let me tell you another area that Satan oppresses finances. And you know why he oppresses in finances? Because he knows you want it. And so what he does is he comes in that area and he tries to pull you down. Not, 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 not you not knowing that you have more and God will supply all your needs through his grace. Are you with me? All right. I'm going to stop here and uh, I'm going to take some questions tonight because maybe you, you want to know something. Um, maybe you want to get some clarity on some stuff. Any questions tonight? As we, as we close tonight. Yeah, there it is. The three enemies to Christ likeness. There it is. The world, the flesh, and the devil. All right, come on, let's give God a hand clap praise tonight. Amen.